This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Pittsburgh Steelers postgame podcast. They're winners again, 11-0. What do you know? I mean, this is an unbelievable stretch that run that they're having, and fans should embrace that. Fans should be happy about that. I'm Jeff Hartman the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me, as always, Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer, Dave Schofield, the other co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, some other guy named Schofield who also <laughs> joined us for the show. I think his name is Rich. Welcome, big bro. How are you? And I tell you what, we have – go ahead, Dave. We need something because – We need something. Rich and I aren't going to be able to do a Scobro show between now and the next game. Oh, okay. have already played against Washington. So, Rich, how are you doing? We were – Breathing in that sweet smell of victory. <laughs> All right, had to give you a chance to do it. <laughs> very good, very I didn't realize good. Realize that? Yes, we won't be on again before they play again. That's messed and, up. And this is a good point, Rodney Lyles. I'm going to put this up here. Yes. And I, he said BTSE has talked about this game for two weeks. I got to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm so tired of this game. I wanted this game to be over before it even started, and I've never felt that way about a Ravens game because I always kind of look forward to them. They're normally highly contested. This was. I wanted this game to be over so bad, so bad. It's it's ridiculous how bad I wanted this game to be over with. And so they get they get out, they escape with a W. Um, we'll never really know what the players for the Steelers and the coaching staff thought of this whole fiasco that's started ever since Thursday night. But still, here we are in part two where we talk about the defense and we give our final thoughts. Um, Dave, real quick, you just wrote the article for the website. Yes. What's what's going on with Dupree? What do we know? What don't we know? This is all obviously live. So if you're listening in podcast form, we might already know the diagnosis. But what do we know right now? All I know is that who did I say it was? Mike Garofalo of NFL Network. It yeah. was confirmed by Aditi Kinkabwala. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think so. I think I did it. I think I did it right. Um, I think was it Rappaport or Schefter? One of those guys even shared it as the original report, meaning like they're getting the same information as that the Steelers believe that it is a torn ACL, which would end Bud Dupree's season, but they are um, getting secondary tests. But, Jeff, you know as a, as a coach that you have that initial test that you can do right there on the field if you need to before yep. a player even gets up that gives you a very good indication as to whether or not it's an ACL or not. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a simple athletic trainer test where you just kind of joggle the knee. And it's right, it has to happen right away, though. You got to do it on the field right away because if the swelling kicks in, you won't be able to do it. But I, I, I feel like they did that and they kind of knew because when Dupree was walking off the field with the trainers behind him, he didn't want to hear it. You know, and yeah. the trainers are probably like, this is bad. This is bad. Like, this is bad. Now, Mule says, could it be an MCL? It could be. You know, it could be. Boy, Goodness wouldn't it be great to have a different be great? Report. Yes. I would love nothing more than to go in and say this report was wrong, but you know, we'll see. 
We'll see. It's it's not good, but we'll see. Sean Manahan puts five dollars in the tip chart. Says, "Is this the year we sweep the North?" Well, one down, one yep. down. The Baltimore Ravens. They sweep the Ravens. Next up is the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 15. That's in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football, and then Week 17 against Cleveland. Which it all depends on the scenarios. Do they need that game? All that. There will be some clinching scenarios this week, though, gentlemen. I'm, there will be. I'm not sure what those are. There will be division. I think if the Browns lose and the Steelers win, do they clinch the North? I don't even know. Let's see. The magic number be... was four, so they reduced it by one. It would be three. Um, I, I don't think that they can do that with the Browns this week. Of course, you know, if the Steelers beat the Browns in week 17, that's going to all but do it. But right now, because you can't do a tiebreaker scenario with most things because of um, – but because of it, I mean, bottom line is the best the Browns can do is tie for division, the division record for the Steelers. Cause they've, the Browns already have two losses in the North and the Steelers have, you know, only have two games left and haven't lost any. So you're talking about having to really move far down tiebreakers. So the best way to yeah. make sure you eliminate the Browns is to be a game ahead of them because you're not going to have that definite head-to-head tiebreaker until week 17. So right. just kind of rule it out. But uh, I tell you what, man, if the Ravens can can beat them here in a few weeks, they're done. You're Yeah, you're right. So Dominic, uh, I think it's Camper maybe, he says, big fan from Austria, not Australia here. Yeah. He said, would like to join your conversation someday. Thank you for the tip, Dominic. Put another shrimp on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Great line from Dumb and Dumber. Uh, the lovely accent you have. Where is it from? Austria. Ah, oh, g'day, mate. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do my accent. I was voted the worst accent on the uh, <laughs> curtain. It's sorry, only the man. words you're saying, not the accent itself. Now, our Aussie is asking me to do an Austrian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched Die Hard last night, and I know it's not. I I, I know it's that's German, but I mean it's, it's, it's close, close. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get me back my detonators. <laughs> Sheen sein Fenster. <laughs> Shoot the glass. Anyways, so let's talk about the defense here a little bit. We've been breaking it down recently because I was getting all uh, flummoxed with where I'm going with these stats and and how's the best way to do it. Uh, let's talk about the rush defense first. Now, this is a team. Now, I know there was no Lamar Jackson. Lamar was not there. J.K. Dobbins was not there. Mark Ingram, who wasn't there in week eight either, wasn't there. But they did have Gus, the Gus bus, and they did have Justice Hill. They ended up rushing for 129 yards. Uh, to me, that's a little deceiving for multiple reasons. Robert Griffin III had a 40-yard run on third and nine, and that really boosted their numbers. But that's a, it's, it's still a 40-yard run. It reminds me of Philly when they gave up the 70-plus-yard run to Miles Sanders. They go, yeah, but if they take that away, well, no, you can't take it away. They did it. So yeah. they rushed for 129. RG3 leads it with seven carries, 68 yards, 9.7 average. That was before he pulled that hammy. Uh, towards the end of the first half, Justice Hill has nine for 35. I like the way he runs the football. I wish the Steelers would have gotten him. Trace McSorley, three for 16, and Gus Edwards, nine for 10. Guys, now, yeah, pay attention ahead. to that. Gus Edwards, nine was for the 10. only player who rushed for over 100, 100 yards against the Steelers last season. Yeah. Nine rushes, 10 yards. Didn't get into the touchdown zone at the end of the first half, and therefore the clock ran out. So let's let's grade the Steelers' rush defense here, and we'll start with Brian. 
You know what? I'm going B minus. And I know you can't take that rush away. But when I look at rushing defense, there's one thing that I look at. I look at exactly what Dave said, Gus Edwards, and what the running backs did. So I'd like to take away Robert Sniffen's. I'd like to take all of his <laughs> rushing yards away and see exactly what they did. Because that's a broken – I mean, I – Running really backs rushed play. for 45 yards. Okay, yeah. That's why I'm giving them a better grade because that was – they got cut with their pants That down. wasn't a broken play. That it wasn't, wasn't broken. Right. That yeah, was a... I corrected myself. Okay. But, it. I mean, it It was on a third third and long. They yep. weren't expecting it. It's not your traditional run. Right. So when I look at a rushing defense, I'm looking more at what's going to happen when you know they're running the ball – and you can stop them. As far as stopping the running backs, that's what they did. That's why they're going to get a better grade. Does not excuse the 40-yard run and what Robert RG3 or RS3, RST, now um, <laughs> has done, but <laughs> I'm done. All right, let's go to Dave. Dave, what grade do you give the rush defense? Well, if Brian wants to break it up between quarterbacks and running backs, how about we break it up to first and second down and third down, particularly third okay. down and long. That's what was so frustrating is that they would get the – I mean, they'd come out and they'd throw the Ravens for a loss for a couple yards running the ball on first or second down. Then there'd be a third and long, and they're basically trying to – you know, realizing they can't throw the ball very well against the Steelers. I mean, there was one point in the second half the Ravens still had single-digit um, passing yards. Um, so they run the ball, and they give up these enormous runs on third down. So that's kind of what's a little bit frustrating because you know third and long you're obviously in a sub you're in sub package football you get you get it to where there's only two yeah two defensive linemen and then they run on them so it's really a tale of almost different packages I mean when they had their base defense in they couldn't run the ball they couldn't they they stuffed them they threw them for losses so all in all I'm going to average it out to a B because there was. That's how it sometimes goes with the running game, much like you said about the Miles Sanders thing. You can completely shut down a team from running the football for all but one play, and you can ruin it all by giving up one play. And the Steelers gave up, I think, I'd say two big third-down runs that really changed everything. Rich, what's your grade for the rush defense? C+. Plus. Um a little bit like what Dave was saying when we were in our regular package, when they were lining up and, and you were figuring run and they were in a run type formation, we did very well. Uh, when they got more gimmicky on us, we did not defend that well. Yeah. It was weird how with Robert Griffin, the third, they, they were talking about how he used to run the ball up the middle so well. And that that was kind of his bread and butter when he was with Washington. And that's exactly what he did. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give the rush defense. I thought they did a good job. Um, I'll give him an a minus, you know, outside of the big plays like Dave and you all mentioned, that's definitely the only uh, knock on them today. Steve O gives us $5 says you guys are awesome. Wasn't our best today, but we got the win. Offense needs to be more up-tempo and hope Bud Dupree's okay. Fingers crossed on Dupree. I'm not holding out hope, though, unfortunately. All right, let's go to the pass rush now. We're going to the pass rush. We're not talking about the secondary yet. We'll get to that. Um, RG3 was sacked three times for 20 yards lost. 
He ended up with a rating of 28.5, by the way. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, he did have six quarterback hits. The Steelers had six quarterback hits on him. Uh, tackles for losses, eight total for the Steelers. That's a nice number. And TJ Watt ended up with two sacks and Cameron Hayward with one. Is that right? I feel like... You feel like that one should have been split between Watt either... I mean, because it almost seemed like Dupree was getting it more than anyone. Yeah. And then because Hayward and Watt you know, finished it off there. At first they split it between the two of them and then they end up giving the whole thing to Watt. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what ESPN at this time says. So we'll see. But guys, when you're looking at the pass rush, the Steelers, they were in the backfield a lot, but you know, this was a strange game. How do you grade it, Brian? I give it a, the pass, the entire passing game was nothing for the Ravens. You know, they had that big play. I get it. They had that big play to Hollywood Brown, but I'm not as worried about that. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I got to give him an A as well because of this is for the pass. This is the pass rush only, right? Just double yes. checking, right? Only yes. pass rush. Yeah, because but you also have to think about it. How how they only threw the ball eighteen times. Yeah. So it's not like they had a big opportunity to to get to him even more. I mean, I guess he dropped back twenty one times because they sacked him three times. So and they were. Really, they changed the game, made them had to th- have to throw quickly and do other things. So they did the job getting at the quarterback and making them have making the Ravens have to adjust to what they did. So to me, that's an A. Big bro, thoughts on the pass rush? Giving it an A as well. Um, especially to what I wanted to bring up was that bogus roughing the passer call. Oh, um, it was very nice to hear Terry McCauley, you know, actually say on there, you know, the guys, when they hit him and you can see he puts his arm down to try not totally land on him. Whatever. And he still had the ball when they made contact. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, I, I mean, they were harassing the quarterback all day. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, it's a split second decision, but there, there are sometimes it's egregious. That was not one of those. And I, I even tweeted this out. My, my gosh, there's a mo- there was a moment in the game where TJ Watt hit Justice Hill in the backfield and he picked him up off the ground. And I said, please don't slam him hard on the ground. Why? Because I knew they were they would flag it. I knew they would flag it. And I thought to myself, is this really what we're doing now in the National Football League? Is I'm saying, please don't tackle him hard so that you don't get flagged. Like, is that, is this real life? We live in a clown world already. Now it's even worse because in the NFL, we're saying, please don't hit him too hard. You're going to draw a flag. That's ridiculous. But that's exactly that's exactly what I said. I'm going to give the pass rush an A because, like you said, they didn't throw it much. And the fact that when they did, they were getting pressure. And that's exactly what you would expect them to do when they're going up against a patchwork offensive line. You wanted Cam Hayward to be disruptive. He was. Um, really, really good game. I didn't, they didn't have to blitz a lot. They haven't blitzed a lot in the last few weeks, actually. They're getting pressure with their front four. That might change if Alvin Bud Dupree is done for the year, as is being reported. So I'll give them an A. Let's go to the secondary now. Go back up to those stats that we talked about. Trace McSorley goes two for six for 77 yards. He actually led the uh, Ravens in passing because he had a 70-yard pass to um, – Mr. Marquise Brown, it's Dave actually, or I'm sorry, Brian predicted that he would score, but he didn't dance around like an idiot, Brian. Like yeah. he predicted. Wow. I I, I really got <laughs> cracked on that one. <laughs> uh, RG three finishes seven of 12 for 33 yards. Um, 
Marquise Brown has four catches for 85. Devin Duvernay as the rookie, three for 20. Justice Hill, two for five. And that is it. Guys, the secondary, it was one play. It was literally one Mm -hmm. play. Brian, go ahead. Great amount. Let's go ahead and give them an A minus just for that one play. You know, they gave up that one biggie, but, you know, stellar day. Dave? Yeah, I mean, when you think of it, that 70 yards were on that one play, and how much and how many yards did they have total in the air? Uh, let me see here. They had 90. Yeah, <laughs> they had 90. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you were talking about, uh, well, that that's total, including the taking off the sacks. So if you want to actually look at um, of the passing, at, you know, let, me, here, let me look at that. RG3 receiving, had, receiving one ten. had another seven. One so you're talking forty. So you're talking forty yards up until that big play, and the problem with that big play was they went to make a big play, and it burned them. Other than that, I mean, they were all over everything. I don't know if it was as much that they were that great as that the Ravens were that bad. It's really hard to tell that sometimes. So. We love the Steelers, so let's let's give them the kudos for it, and we'll yeah. give them an A. What about you, Big Bro? Yeah, I, I'm probably going to go ahead and give them an A. Um, you know, that was a gamble on that long play to Hollywood Brown, but at the same time, you saw Joe Hayden make in the first quarter that you know gamble of a play where he broke off his guy, picks off the pass, and returns it for a touchdown. So, you know, you're going to live by those types of plays and you may have to eat one once in a while. And they did. Absolutely. Give them an A based on the fact that, you know, your, your secondary put up points. I mean, Joe Hayden with the pick six, you're mm-hmm. not going to want to. Yeah. So you talk about the touchdown they gave up. They, they scored a touchdown as well. Let's keep that in mind too. Isaac Aguilera, $5 in the tip jar. He says, Jeff, was it you who said no AFC North team won? I've been saying this for years. No AFC North team has won the division three times in a row, so it continues. Yes, that was uh, an article I wrote for the site. I remember just looking back at the history of the AFC North, and I was shocked. I'm like, wow, no team has ever won it three years in a row. And this was after the Steelers had won it two years in a row. And I'm thinking, okay, this is the year. I want to say it was 2018, and that was when they collapsed on the stretch and they didn't win it. Baltimore ended up winning it. Baltimore wins it in 2018, 2019, and it doesn't look like they're going to win it in 2020. So there you have that. The streak continues. Um, Tier Brett says 4.99 in the tip jar. Thank you for that, by the way. Ben took responsibility for the drops in the post game. Not sure why. He said, "I think there was two touchdowns dropped at least today, making this a long and close game." Yeah, it should not have been this close. It should not have been this close. This is. I said this in my last ride. This is like a undefeated team playing a rival high school's JV team. That's exactly what this is. This was like, and sometimes a JV team gets a couple lucky bounces and the varsity team makes some dumb mistakes, but there you have it. So let's look at some other stats here from the defense before we uh, move on here. Um, TJ White led the team with tackles, seven totals, four solo, two sacks, three tackles for loss and three quarterback hits. Goodness gracious. Mm -hmm. Um, Robert Spillane, six total tackles, six solo. 
Bud Dupree had five total, five solo, two tackles for losses. Trell Edmonds, four for three. You know, I hated the fact that my dad sends me a text. He sends it to my brother and I. He said they need to cut Trell Edmonds. And I was like, you know what? He's played really well this year. Extremely well. And he made And he one... played really well in this game. Yeah. And he Except just had for one play. play. So, yeah, one play can magnify things. But ultimately, I... I tried to talk my dad off the ledge. Minka Fitzpatrick went three for three, had two pass defenses, none bigger than the end of the first half when it looked like they scored a touchdown as the tight end slipped into the, the uh, touchdown zone, as Brian puts it. But Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, really good job with the pass defense there. Joe Hayden, two tackles, two solo, one tackle for loss, one pass defense, one interception, one touchdown. Avery Williamson saw the most action he has seen since coming over to Pittsburgh via trade with the Jets. He had two tackles, two solo. All right, guys, let's talk a little bit about some situations in this game. First and foremost, does John Harbaugh have a gripe about the way that the first half ended? Brian, you love Wang Harbs. I don't know if that was deflating the Wang enough for you or not, but Brian, what were you, do you guys, does he have a legitimate gripe about the way the first half ended? Yes, he does. Okay. It's, it's legal. It's legal what the Steelers did. It's, I just, I loved it. Let's put it that way. But I kept on thinking how angry I would have been if the shoe was on the other foot because they did not give him a chance to get out. So, yeah, I have, I kind of think he has a legit card. Dave, thoughts? Um, I don't know that the shoe would have been on the other foot because they wouldn't have tried to run the ball there. I think their mistake was <laughs> well, trying to run the ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's true. You'd be mad that how it worked out, but you also made. Um, well, of course, they couldn't pass the ball very well either. So I kind of understand why they did that. But they could have spiked the ball and got the three. They could have spiked the ball and got the three, and they and they went for the touchdown with that anyway. Also, that seemed like a, somewhat of an inexperienced offensive line. They kind of stood around and weren't rushing to everything as much as they could. If they look like they're in more panic mode, the officials probably stopped the game for, for you know, it wouldn't even have to be, I mean, a penalty wasn't going to be a half a yard. I mean, even if it was or wasn't, but sometimes they'll stop the clock if players aren't getting up and they're worried about someone in the pile. And the officials could have done that. So, does did he have a did he have a gripe? Absolutely. Is it the Steelers' fault for doing what they did? No. If it would have been on the shoe and the other I foot, agree. would I have expect the Ravens to do the same thing? Absolutely, because everybody does it. It's up to the officials to make it happen. And also, just like sometimes with offensive pass interference or defensive, or sorry, defensive pass interference, sometimes you got to sell it. Sometimes you got to sell it. And the Ravens, they didn't seem like they were rushing enough to clear off the pile and hurry up. We want to run a play. They were just kind of standing around. So therefore, that's kind of what went to it. Well. Go ahead, Brian. Dave, you're absolutely right. And I just want to say one thing. This is a pure Harbaugh move. Yes, but, he's done it before. <laughs> but and yo, and he does stuff like this is one of the reasons I named him what I named him. Yeah. But here's the thing. I would have been I would have been upset if that was if Harbaugh would have done that to us. It was karma for Harbaugh. Yeah. You know, I mean, I definitely have no problem with the fact that they did it, but I'm just gonna say, yeah, he has a gripe, but then He's not the kind of guy that's going to be like, yeah, well, I do that to other people. No, he's just going to cry because he cries. Let's also think think about it from Vince Williams' standpoint. He was the one that was laying on the player, right? Am I right? Was it was it Vince that was yeah, laying? I'm pretty on sure, the, like okay. fetal position. Yes, on top of him. They said. So, what's the worst case scenario for you there? They're at the one yard line. The worst case yeah, scenario is they throw a flag, stops the clock, they move the ball a half an inch. 
and then you line up and play. That's yeah. a you're not losing anything there. Hardly anything the whole game. No, exactly. So, anyways, I don't want to steal. I don't want to steal Big Bro's thunder. What do you think about that? Does he have a gripe? Well, it's Wang Harbs. He's always going to gripe. Um, it's the it's up to the referee to make the call, and the referee yeah. didn't make the call. He can gripe. He can gripe about the referee not making the call, but it's a judgment call by the referee. That's all it is. It's it's no different than a player knowing a de- a defensive back knowing they're going to get beat for a touchdown and willingly interfering with the receiver yeah. so they don't get beat and the official not calling the penalty. Yeah. Well, you had nothing to lose. Didn't matter if you got the penalty or not. You're going to go for it. If the official doesn't call it, then what are you going to do? If if you're if you're a realistic Ravens fan and there's not many out there, but if the, you're a realistic Ravens fan, you have to be mad at the way that that clock was managed at the end of the half, yeah. not the fact that the refs didn't call it, throw a flag. Why did, he throw the, why did he call the timeout when he did? It doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. They, they, they could have gotten up and clocked it. They would have had time. They would have had a timeout. They could have still run the ball. That was absolutely butchered. And I don't think it was horrible. I think it was RG3 that called the timeout, and it just left him in no man's land. And that's, that's the issue there. If you're an honest Ravens fan, you can complain about the officiating all you want, but my gosh, don't blow the clock management at the end of the half and you don't have to worry about it. Snowman gives us $5. He says, Hey, bad, a big bro. Scone needs his own show. I hear Fridays are open. <laughs> hey, it's his. If he wants it, I've got a great idea for a show. That's right up his alley. All right. We'll, we'll do it in the off season. <laughs> All right, guys, final time. Since there's four of us, we'll leave a little bit extra time before we, uh, Put a button on this one. We'll start with Brian. Final thoughts, Brian. All right. In the Pittsburgh Steelers game, a Ravens and Steelers game broke out. That's the bottom line of the whole thing. We talk about, Dave was talking, a title of one of the shows last week is that, you know, you can, you have to throw everything out of the window when it becomes Steelers and Ravens. These guys are up for each other. This is a heavyweight fight every time they play. I don't care if it's JV. They're still wearing black and purple. They're still wearing black and gold. But the the whole thing about it, the Steelers had a horrible game, and they still were able to win this game and advance to 11-0. And that's something we've got to be excited about. I know we worry about the future. We see the Bills on the schedule. We see the Browns on the schedule. I I'm not worried about that. I'm celebrating 11 and 0 tonight like it's 1999, boys. I'm not talking about Steelers of 1999 because that was bad. I'm talking Prince <laughs> in 1999. All right, Dave, go ahead. All right. There's just when you do so many things wrong and yet you still win the game, you take the W. I mean, sometimes you just constantly can't get things going. I mean, the defense did their part except you know they were they gave up a touchdown on a short field on a turnover and they gave up one big play and that's it the game for the game the defense did their part but i know what some people would like to say about this game and you look at this game and of course if you hear ben Roethlisberger talk after the game oh my goodness if <laughs> um if you hear mike tomlin saying why and it was his answer was us sucking was his only answer in the post game show i mean and the, uh, the post game interview, it, 
They're not happy with this. And so many people will be like, this performance is not going to get you a win in the playoffs. This performance is not going to get you to the Super Bowl. This performance is not going to allow you to hoist a Lombardi. This performance isn't going to get past the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you want to know what? This performance didn't have to do any of those things. This performance just had to get by this Baltimore Ravens team today when on a team that only had one practice since last Wednesday. You know, the Ravens had none, but the Steelers only had one. So they were going to be in a rough sh- in rough shape too. Not going to make excuses. But the bottom line is they all they had to do was do what they needed to do today. And they did that, and now they need to be better next week against the football team. The football team. They- <laughs> uh, I love when he calls them the football team. I'm doing it. Now. I almost interrupted Jeff earlier when he said about uh, so it's about the football team. Like, no. The football team is who they play next week. Yes. <laughs> Big bro, final thoughts. Hey, final thoughts. Uh, a win is a win. We don't get extra points for style. Um, the style was not – there were flashes of it today, but it was not totally there. The Steelers know that. Coach Tomlin knows that. The players know that. They know what they have to go in and clean up. And as Coach Tomlin said in his in – his, post-game interview, he said, look, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, people were worried. Can you get it fixed before you play the football team? We don't have to reinvent anything. We just got to clean up what we're doing. And I have confidence that they can get that done. Can you get to some super chats here before I give you my final thoughts? OKMOX says three gives three guys. Occam's Ox, sure, whatever. Oh, <laughs> this is Harbaugh's glasses were fogged with tears, not COVID. Very, very good. Um, Matt Stofko gives us $10. He says, take away the drops, Ray Ray's fumble, Big Ben's interception, RG3's long run, Hollywood's touchdown, Jesus, a lot. Bud's knee and a missed extra point, great game. P.S. Ed Stofko, 1945 Steelers from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. There you go. One of my like, homies. We need like a bell, like ding, ding. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt Stofko, Richland, class of 89. There you go. Crazy Blue 223 gives us $5. He said, I just want to say, if bad quotes the program ever again, I'm unsubscribing. Laughing face emoji. Other than that, terrible win, but 11 and 0 nonetheless. <laughs> people, don't, <laughs> people don't like that quote. I don't know yeah, what I quit. Is. I quit it when I was like <laughs> – when I I was called misogynist or something from somebody. For something. Yeah, it was in the comment it. section. Okay. Uh, if we got missed one, I'm sorry, Anthony Johnson, $3, drinking a 12-pack of Yingling in honor of you, gents. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, Case and Wright gives us $2. His mission complete, Wang deflated. There you go. That I think that's Tom Cruise's next movie. Mission complete, <laughs> Wang deflated. <laughs> All right, I said it at the beginning. I'll say it again for my final thoughts. I am sick and tired of justifying wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm not going to do it anymore. People say a performance like this in the playoffs, blah, blah. They're 11-0. and They're 11-0, and people. Shut up. I'm sorry, but just stop complaining and enjoy it. They're 11-0. and It could be so much worse. I, if, let's ride on Friday is going to be interesting. Trust me. If this, if this keeps up and people start crying and complaining, I don't care. I don't care anymore. 11 and 0 is 11 and 0. Get over yourself and enjoy it. Period. That's all I'm going to say. With that said, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify. 
follow us so you don't miss a thing. And then always YouTube. If you're watching us live, like the show, subscribe. If you haven't yet, please. We appreciate it. We had over 650 at one point in the uh, in the uh, live chat, which was awesome. Um, only I think we've only been over 700 a few times, uh, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but nonetheless, if you want to follow us on YouTube, go to YouTube.com, search BTSE Steelers Radio, and as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I got to get this in here. Melvin. Melvin, our boy Melvin gives us five bucks. They just want to say hi. I'm done defending an undefeated team. Thank you, Melvin. Miss you guys. Miss you too, buddy. Hopefully you're staying safe. Hey, congratulations uh, to Melvin. New father a couple months ago. Hey, yeah, congratulations. That's awesome. Congratulations. So with that said, we will be back next Monday because they play the football team on Monday at 5 p.m. So we'll be back. Make sure you stay tuned for all that great stuff at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. 11-0 is 11-0, folks. Quit crying. Enjoy it. We'll see you next time.